this is not the new computer. This is the end of an era. Um, oh. It's the end of an era in the world of professional wrestling. As you know, today, TKO was formed and, and, and WWE and, and UFC are now one entity under Endeavor or TKO. But that's not the end of an era, Patrick Redound. This is the end of an era. This is the last Greg DeMarco show that will be recorded. The last podcast ever that will be recorded on this crappy old laptop. As, as the new laptop, which was set to arrive. So it's gone. This is Federal Express for you. As off air, we talked about delivery services. It's gone yes, from did. Tuesday arrival to Monday arrival to Wednesday. To, I'm sorry. I screwed that up. It's gone from Tuesday to Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday arrival. It's coming from San Diego. I could have just driven to San Diego and picked it up. But um, Why didn't you drive to San Diego and pick it up? Because I was busy over the weekend. But yes, this mm-hmm. is the, 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 the work offloading some laptops. Steal of a deal. Thousand dollar laptop that I get for like 150 bucks. So yeah, I'm excited. So it'll be here tomorrow and and it'll be set up to record the show next week. We'll see how things change on the new laptop and and see how things go. And I do hope to work on it over the weekend so that we're not sitting here next Tuesday trying to figure out the settings like we often have to do sometimes. You know what? Use use PC Tunny as a recording guinea pig. Just like make up a podcast because he'll always just show up and just do a podcast. Like he said, but like, he's like, Hey, Tony, I need to do a podcast about turnips. Uh, I think you can give me 15 minutes. He'd be on ready to talk about all his turnip knowledge. He would. And he would literally spout so much turnip knowledge and it would be amazing. So, oh, now it's down to 67 degrees outside. Look at that. You know, the great thing about Arizona with, with the fluctuations, when, when it's a hundred and some degrees and then it rains and it drops down to 70, Every tire pressure monitor light comes on in every vehicle. It's hilarious. So, because that that, happens in New England in like, you know, November when we hit our first like 30 degree day. Yep. 70 70 degrees days don't do that. We're we're good on that front. We overinflate. Well, but we're we're starting at, you know, 104 degrees. So, that's why. So, yes, this this is the history making last podcast. We talked about turnips and tire pressure on this laptop. <laughs> so let, let's, 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 we have a show plan. We should have a plan that never happens. Well, you have a plan. That's true. Oh, <laughs> hey, yo, why should you visit the chairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude why because you're smarter than the average fan thechairshot.com always use your head You're just going to replace me. Shut up! Miranda Morales. The biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? Uh, Greg DeMarco. You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome! 
Acknowledge me. What is up? We are live as we're recording this. We're not live as you're listening to it. We're alive and we're doing our jobs and, and we're living our lives, but we are live recording this on Tuesday night, September the 12th, 2023. This is the Greg DeMarco Show. Greg DeMarco, Patrick O'Dowd. Follow him on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. Say it with me. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist, and there is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist. Patrick O'Dowd. Follow me at GregDeMarco44. The website's at ChairShot.com. Follow us at ChairShotMedia. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Patrick O'Dowd is mouthing every single soundbite. Or a theme song or everything of this show this week. I'm alert. <laughs> he is alert, yes. He is very alert, and we're going to have I'm some back. fun today. So he's back. He's back to 100%, which means, I don't know, watch out, rest of the world. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be it's gonna be fun. Awesome! Came to the There may be some new sound bites that come along with the new laptop. Who knows? Oh. And there, there's some that I want to get. So there, there's some that I've been been wanting to get. So yeah, could be could be that. There's an IZW event next weekend, so the September 23rd. And so with the new laptop means I got to get everything set up on there. You know, pretty pretty well expedited so that it's ready yeah, to go. Yeah, clock's ticking for September 23rd. 11 days. Man. I know. Trust me. I know. Trust me. I know. By the way, if you're local in here in Phoenix, Arizona, you should come see IZW. The Lion Classic, the Hawaiian Lion returns live and in person after his retirement show last May. He's not wrestling. He's still retired. But he will be there. We'll be crowning brand new IZW Tag Team Champions for the first time in over a decade. See, we didn't rush things, Patrick O'Dowd. We returned in 2019, and in 2023, we are now crowning Tag Team Champions. We 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 took our time crowning all of our champions you know a lot oh, a lot of wrestling promotions will literally their debut show they'll crown a champion like it's a, it's all good man you can do things well, without you know so some some companies want to establish that early others don't and those companies usually are still around so <laughs> there's there's that um yeah kids if you didn't know uh greg demarco is a promoter and he's He's if he's not going to tell you, I'll tell you. He's very uh, modest about this little company known as ICW. We are a small independent wrestling promotion. I don't know. Maybe right. we're medium. Like I don't know what the cutoff is in terms of small, medium, well, large. Like I you have, don't... you have your audience, you have your following, you fill your venue, right? We've moved on to bigger venues, yeah. So, so you've grown a little bit, you know, I mean, still, I don't know like not, what for independent wrestling, like is 300 people medium. I don't know. I, it is, it because there are people you, that draw like 70, 60, 54. Right. Right. You're definitely, you're definitely not tiny and you're definitely doing well enough to sustain the company. Right. Right. Like you're not like if you were drawing 70 people, IZW wouldn't still be going. It might be, but it would be using like twelve it, it wrestlers, be, and like right. it, it just would, it wouldn't yeah. be it wouldn't be the same as what it is. Now. Absolutely not. So in that regard, I think you're absolutely, you know, for the area, you're you're 
what I, I, I don't know if I'd go with small, medium, large, but you are a stable. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, when I think of independent wrestling, I think of companies that are stable and companies that are not stable. Like in, in Western mass where I am, believe it or not, we actually have three stable. Yeah. That's wrestling. amazing. Well, no, I would say two. I don't know. I can't speak to one of the, one of the companies, I've been to a couple of shows when it was very, very early. They're still going. They're still putting on shows in in the tiny banquet hall style venue, right? That that's around, but they're still like they're still they're bringing still doing in it. talent. They're not they're not overextending themselves. Like they're not a company. They're not one of those companies that brings in some former WWE Impact whatever person one because they probably can't afford them, but two. I do think they're savvy enough to know that that's not going to help their their pro their product and their model, right. um, you know. And you've talked about this before: is what is what is the worth? What is really the worth? Um, yeah, you got to figure it out. And, and that, but there are you know, Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling is a stable Western Mass wrestling company, and Blitzkrieg Pro Wrestling is another stable Western Massachusetts Eastern uh, Eastern Connecticut uh promotion as well like they, we have four we have four stable <clears throat> i guess you call them stable i'll call them stable i'll be nice um promotions here in, in in the metro phoenix area that run somewhat routinely one runs pretty much monthly the rest of us don't run monthly we run six to eight times per year but everybody's still running consistently going i don't know how some stay in business but they do and that's what matters so more power right. to them. There is one that has now basically over the last six months completely shifted their model to that. They're almost averaging one former WWF talent, WWE talent per event at this point. Um, they've just lost yeah. a lot of talent. And, and so this is kind of what they've had to shift their model to. Uh, they've also been around technically you could say the longest because IZW went on that long hiatus. But the overall history of IZW, we're the oldest, but because um, it goes back to 2000, but but they've the one who've been consistently the longest. So, and they're still going. So, um, but yeah, we've got four and you've got three. So that's pretty, considering the, the metropolitan sizes, that, that's that's pretty impressive considering, that you have three. Considering Western Massachusetts, the biggest, it's not even, I it's it's being very generous to call it a city, Springfield, Mass. Right. It's... Um, yeah, you, know, you got to give kudos to when your quote unquote biggest city following. is is the is the most hilarious city name in the country because there's like 84 of them in every state. Right. That that anyway, tells you it's a got lot. the basketball hall of fame. It does have the basketball hall of fame. So, but that's not why we're here. Dean nope. fucking Apple. We are here. So it's been three weeks now, four weeks now since we've done a show, and so Patrick O'Dowd and I are coming together, and so we're going to play not a game of catch up. As you know, we, we well know we don't sit here and uh, and and run down every single wrestling show, go match by match, anything like that. I, I'm assuming there are still shows that do that. I really hope there aren't. But over the past few weeks, I have developed some takes on the world of professional wrestling, and I am going to share those takes with Patrick O'Dowd. And we're going to we're going to follow a very simple format. I am going to share the take in headline form, meaning I will give Patrick just the take in a sentence. 
then Patrick can respond his initial knee-jerk reaction to that take. Then I will actually explain it and we can have a conversation about it and that may or may not change his response. We'll see. Which is kind of very wrestling news of us to go solely based off the headline at first and then actually click and, and read the article. So we will dive in. Um some of these I'm really passionate about. Some of these, um, you know, there's, there's a spectrum for sure. Um, the first and the last are the doozies, of course, because I know what I'm doing. So, uh, but I am going to start hardcore with the first one, Patrick Redoubt. What do, what do you say we just dive right in? Let's dive right in. This is my yard now. This is her yard now, Patrick Redoubt. WWE is positioning Rhea Ripley just like they've positioned Roman Reigns. Well, I mean, she barely, barely defends the title. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to go there. They're making her dominant as hell and making her. She transcends the women's division right now because of the way that she involves herself with um, with Judgment Day and, and really cross pollinates across the entire show that she that she appears on. So. That's an interesting that's an interesting argument and take. I um I can see it. I don't know if I'm quite ready to see her be like I don't know. Would it be actually now that I think about this and this is how I'm gonna respond to this take? And and I wanna recognize that because of, of, of my job, I haven't watched a lot of wrestling over the last month. Would she be more likely to take over the Judgment Day as the leader of the Judgment Day if they were to ask Finn Balor? So I think she already is the leader of the Judgment Day. And okay. Because everything that they did between Finn Balor and Damian Priest was she was always the one getting in the middle of it. And she was doing just like Roman Reigns. She was telling them they had to take care of it. Just like Roman did with the Uso. Sometimes he was yelling to, at Jimmy about Jay. Other times he was yelling at Jay about Jimmy. She's done that, right? She's literally yelled at yep. Damian Priest about Finn and yelled at Finn about Damian Priest, told him they had to get to the point where they had to win tag team gold. Otherwise they were going to make changes around there, which is the reverse with the bloodline. Once they lost the tag team titles, now it became a problem. You talked about she barely defends her title, and and I know you did it in jest as a joke, but she has they have gone very slow with her title reign, and it's it's very much like that has been something that tells me if you're going to book a time limit draw, if, you, if you're going to watch a match at the time limit draw, and you know it's going to be a time limit draw, or maybe you're watching one that was a time limit draw, you'll notice they start off pretty freaking slow. There's a lot oh, yeah, of stalling. Absolutely. There's a lot. So was her title reign. And I was watching, it was when I was watching Payback and I was watching her match with Raquel Rodriguez. And I, and I immediately thought she is wrestling a Roman Reigns style match. She is slow. She is methodical. I even saw one of the reports of the match said it was very slow and methodical, but good. And I'm like, you just described every Roman Reigns title match. And and then I thought, and then I extrapolated from there, and I realized she's not just having a Roman Reigns title match. She's not just having a Roman Reigns title reign. She's having a Roman Reigns run as a woman is, is what they're doing with her. So, and and we know they're kind of gearing towards 
Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 40. They're probably going to main event night one of WrestleMania 40, and they should. And I think that'll be a marquee matchup and a hell of a matchup. I think she's going to go a couple WrestleManias before she loses the championship. I think she is going to establish the Women's World Championship. I think she's going to lead the Judgment Day. I'm sure at some point they'll oust Damian Priest and fully bring in J.D. McDonough. And, and of course, you got Dominic Mysterio and all of that. Um I really do think that they are building her up long term and and I credit that because they have never focused on a woman like that. Like they they've done it with Charlotte Flair, but she goes but but, they, but she disappears. She has these really short reigns to get up to 14 and eventually she'll pass her dad and all of that. But with Rhea Ripley, they're going for the monster run and I think it's great and I think she's the perfect person to to do it with. Which it's funny you bring that up. And you talk about, you know, they're building a women's champion. People were really salty this week. Well, salty over the return of one Nia Jax. But again, it, it's fodder for – actually, I'm <laughs> save that because I actually have a take, another women's wrestling take where we can talk about I, yeah, that a little I, bit. Okay. So okay, I'll say this is Patrick O'Dowd definitely is well slept because now he's trying to change the topic when there's an actually planned set of topics. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to play it. Play oh, it. Yeah. You just talked about exonerate. It is just it's funny because your is, take yeah. about the women's division and women's champion, a, a women's champion being built, if you were to read certain other viewpoints, not necessarily on dirt sheets, but maybe on the X Twitter or on the Facebook. Uh, there's a few folks. Oh yeah, there are. Who, like who, who their only definition of a title reign is a kind of quote unquote fighting champion, someone who's defending their title like every other week or some shit like that. Like their only view of a title reign is Seth Rollins defending his title every five minutes. It Which he doesn't like, even do himself. Like it's right. But but he's a fake. He's he's the straw man argument that they're using. But but the 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 mentality of and this is it's funny to me because one of the biggest problems that I felt that like Raw and Nitro ran into back in those late nineties and then two thousands and for a long time specifically with Raw even after the death of Nitro was every episode ending with a quote unquote title defense. Yeah, and a lot of times the title change. And, and 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 or for the WCW, absolutely. But you know, in, but before they were desperately hot, changing the title, the show, you know, the we're at the Tony Schiavone, we're out of time. Right. Well, it was also was also a big solution that bait and switch. Like, what what is? I, I would just be intrigued to talk to some of these people as to what they think a a quote unquote legitimate or good title reign is these are the people who say that you know Rhea Ripley is boring because there's nothing going on with the title quote unquote there's nothing going on with the title they're the ones that say Roman Reigns has jumped the shark because they love to talk about how he's only defended his title x number of times because for because reasons like because they feel like it is the absolute end-all be-all of what must happen for a champion and it shows how limited and short-sighted their their point of of a title reign is. And it's funny that you say that because the last two episodes of Raw have ended with a championship match. Right. And and not only a championship match, but a well-built championship match. Two weeks ago, or, or the week before, last week, we ended Raw with Chad Gable challenging Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. 
Gunther's one of my takes, by right. the way. And then this week we ended with, you know, Raquel Rodriguez challenging Rhea Ripley for, for her championship. I've long said that championships are props. I've long said that. It's not an original thought, right? It's been said years before me. It'll be said years after me. And one of, you talked about me being a wrestling promoter. One of the things that I've long touted about part of the success of IZW is the fact that we make our championships valuable. There, there was a local wrestling promotion. Their heavyweight title changed hands five straight times. An unannounced challenger won their title. Like five straight times over a two-year period or a year-and-a-half period or something like that. And I was just like, what the hell are we even doing? Like, like you, you, you've literally had your title change hands by surprise five straight times. Um, some of it by necessity, some of it by booking. Um, but it's like it, – it literally is metal. Like remember when, when Rob Manfred got all this criticism because he called the, the World Series trophy a pile of metal or whatever he called it like – Right. Physically, he's correct. It's literally metal and leather is, is what a championship is. But you give it meaning. And Triple H is going out of his way to give nearly all of these championships meaning. Um, right. We talked off air about Becky Lynch winning the NXT Women's Championship and, and why are all these non-NXT people winning NXT championships. But the fact that Becky even wants that title adds to its meaning. And, and so like it or not, and that that's free for people to talk about and have that opinion. Right. But from a booking standpoint, you are adding meaning to a prop and, and giving it something that, that it maybe didn't have before. So when Triple H has done that with these titles, main eventing the show with everything that they're doing. So kudos to them for that. But I think we could be looking at a three year run for Rhea Ripley. I really do. Um, she's the right talent to do it. She's drawing. She's selling tons of merch. She's the leader of a faction. Um, she's soon going to main event at WrestleMania. Like she's literally checking all the same boxes as Roman Reigns. Right. Just people don't. I, I just think people aren't. A year from now, everyone's going to have this take, and and we'll hopefully we'll remember that we did too, and then we'll come back to it. So. Take number one, we're going to go to commercial. We're going to come back uh, okay. with more takes about the pro wrestling. Before we do, remember to go visit prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up one of those chair shot t-shirts. You'll love it. It'll be comfortable. You'll look good. You'll feel good. Get it in soft style. Enjoy it because that's what it's there for. Prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. We'll be right back. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Acknowledge me. Take number two, Patrick O'Dowd. Gunther is the biggest success story of Triple H's creative leadership. Oh, that's not even a fucking question. Really? I don't even think that's a question. Okay. Look at that guy. Look at that. I, like, who knew, who, who knew who the fuck Walter was at all? Well, outside if you look of, at Twitter, everybody did. The, but yeah, you're right. Outside of the lengths who, like, you know, think that they're, you know, 50 friends that are there, like, and they're all friends with each other. That's it. Like... No, no, I, I, without a doubt, the, 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 from his inception to his presentation, like I didn't watch him in NXT. I didn't watch him until he hit the WWE. That guy 
if Roman Reigns doesn't exist, what's he doing right now? Honestly, he could be a world champion. Honestly, already. yeah, he. I think he would be a world champion. I, I he would be the world champion, and I think it would be. It, it, I think it would be every bit as amazing. He's made the Intercontinental title relevant. Oh, yeah, and others relevant, have too. Like legitimately but he's, We've often and said before about, that that they have four world titles in WWE. They really do. Like the United States Intercontinental Championships are treated like world championships, especially right now. So I guess they really have six because the women's titles are now treated like world titles too, as they should be. Again, Triple H and his leadership. Gunther... Yes, he just passed the honky tonk man. And so now what is everybody talking about? Who's he going to lose to? When's he going to lose? He may not lose anytime soon. Like, I don't think he will. I don't think he should. Everyone thinks that at WrestleMania 40, he's going to win the world heavyweight championship. Does he need to, or can he just continue the run that he's on with the intercontinental championship? And, and, and we've seen Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler once main evented a pay-per-view for the intercontinental championship. And it was, uh, uh, an Iron Man match or whatever it was, and it just didn't go well because they had the right. countdown on the screen and did the Royal Rumble buzzer every single minute the crowd did, and it made everybody mad. If you now were to main event a payback, a fast lane, one of those pay-per-views with a Gunther title defense, I, you, I couldn't even question it. Hell, let's let's just talk about – look at you. You mentioned this in the previous segment, but just even like that that – a Chad Gable versus Gunther match mattered. Absolutely. Chad Gable like, mattered not, as a singles competitor. Not, not just and not just because it was a main event for Raw. Like that match mattered. The audience. Cause I, I, I watched clips of this. The audience completely invested in and it's a testament to Chad Gable as well. People are invested in Gunther. Oh, like yeah. And, and he is God. I can't wait for him to kind of quote unquote have one of those world championships. Like, like I know what you you're said seeing about it already. The belt. You're seeing it, but but I just I I can't wait for him to be considered the unquestioned. Like right right now he's 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 co king of the mountain, right? Or I whatever. get it. You know what? I'm but gonna like, make a bold. I'm gonna make a bold prediction right now. The next PWI 500, whenever the hell that is, he's going to be number top one. three. Number one. He's going to be number one. It's not a bold prediction no, if I say top three. Not with PWI. PWI, I don't know. Who is their number one this week or this year? Uh, it was an AW person, I think. I don't remember. That's why. That's why going through. But they've gone WWE before. before. They, they have. Sure, they have. When they can't conveniently name somebody that. They, they they play a narrative. That's all I'm saying. Of course they man. do. Of course they play a narrative. It's based on their writers, and their writers are going to slant towards our wanks. The oh, product. sorry. Yeah. I'm really – we should not talk about publications today. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So there we go. We're going to agree with Gunther. Wanks. Gunther the biggest. Okay. So now I'm going to go from a super positive one to one that could be construed as a super negative if somebody really wanted to. I'm jumping sorry, around. Sorry, sorry. I do want to say in fairness, Roman Reigns was number one in 2022 for PWI okay. 500. All right. Did Fine. they already do 2023 though? I thought they did. Um, Hold on. Or is it coming up? I'll, uh, it'd be out. Hold on. 2023, November. I don't see it yet. Nope, not yet. 
No, I guess not. Okay. So yeah, we'll see. So Gunther might be number one. We'll see. Could be. I'm sticking with my bold prediction, even if it's wrong. Who knows? They might stick MJF as number one, but they should really put Gunther as number one, in my humble opinion. I've I've been out since the year they didn't put Adam Cole number one, but you know, can't argue for that now, but sure could back then. Take number three, Patrick O'Dowd. Get get ready for some backlash from the internet. LA Knight. LA Knight is a sideshow nostalgia act. Yes. Um I um I love LA Knight. I do. Uh but I can see that LA Knight is 2023's Dolph Ziggler mm. in the in the sense that everybody like there is a subset of like the fans love him like and the fans loved the Dolph Ziggler character up to a point but what we love about that character and and what makes that character special isn't dethroning Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40 like I saw on the internet the other day on so I was like what oh yeah well, I know LA I like I love him I love him to death I think he is it's gonna sound bad after watching the act and just seeing it go and, and enjoying it it's not a it's it's not a top of the company world championship act. no it's not and, and it doesn't need to be it doesn't at all and, and it's so I think you. I think you were expecting more pushback from me on on a couple of these takes, as I've just been like unequivocally. Yeah, I know you, you have been. Um, I ruined it. I'm sorry. That's not good podcasting. I'm going to disagree with whatever no. your take is for the next take. Okay, even I'll, if I agree with it, I'll pick. Okay, well then you've solidified which one I'm picking next, but that's okay. Um, it was one that I wasn't even sure if I was going to use, and now I'm definitely going to use it. But I, yeah, I, I just really like watching him. First of all, he does get exposed in promos a little bit when there's someone else in the ring with him. Um, in the ring, God, this sounds so bad, but I'm not trying to slam the guy. He's a good professional wrestler. He's not amazing in the ring. He, he's a good, he's a good professional wrestler in the ring. He, he does what he's supposed to do. He's, he's safe. He's not going to hurt anybody. He's Brandy Orton level of, of an in-ring professional wrestler. Orton may be a better in-ring storyteller though. There's no maybe about it. Orton's a better in-ring yeah, storyteller. Yeah, I was like, yeah. It's- I miss Randy Orton every single day and hope he can come back. Um, but on the microphone, he's one of the best in the company and and could go down as as a top 10 mic guy ever, to be fully honest with you. And, and let's not forget, he's like 40 years old. I mean, he's been doing this for 20 years and finally caught his big break after, you know, he was supposed to be Max Dupree, where, you know, <laughs> the maximum male models are now gone and Maxine Dupree runs around with, with the Alpha Academy. So, yes. That was obviously never going to work, um, which th- I was there live when they debuted that gimmick on on SmackDown here in Phoenix. And my God, it was terrible. Um, you just knew that this was never going to work. And and it didn't. But look what LA, LA Knight was born out of it. Now, he was doing this act in, in NXT. They still chant, yeah, in NXT instead of what, which I just love. Um, it's it's the what chants are bad enough. At least chanting, yeah, is something different. Um, Word. Norfolk, by the way, was chanting with Jey Uso's little arm dance, and they're the first crowd to do that. And if that takes off, Jey Uso can be an even bigger star. So, <laughs> just these little just things so, that you notice. 
Just don't try to force it like you forced Fandangoing on us, WWE. Oh, the don't crowd that. did that, though. Yeah, but which crowd did that? WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That was also the guy's debut. So, I mean, yeah. um, and he did beat Chris Jericho. But and not the point. I'm just I saying, know, Fandangoing. But yeah, really I, and, and, and that's the biggest thing about the whole LA Knight argument is that. It's okay. Like, it's great. Like, know his spot, know his role. I don't know that he's necessarily great with it just yet. There's talk. This is the internet at its best where, you know, three days ago, we were told he signed a new long-term deal, and that's why he's getting pushed. And then yesterday, we're told that they're in negotiations, far apart on money, but it doesn't matter because his current deal doesn't run out till 2025 anyway. Like, again, you guys are a bunch of idiots. Um, But it is what it is. I love what he's doing. I enjoy it so much. I think he's great. But he's also the same kind. Like, once he's gone, you just move on with the show. Like, he's good. Yeah. They don't have to build around him. He He's great to put out there, do a segment. He can main event shows on occasion. He, he He's he's the Miz. He, he's just with an accelerated career. Like, that's what he is. Like, he, he, his timeline is pretty much the same as the Miz's, except the Miz did most of it on TV and he did it most of it off TV. Like this feud with the Miz is very appropriate because right. it's, it's, they are the same, the same guy. And they also have Grayson Waller. So it's very interesting to see where all of that goes. And, and honestly, once this feud with the Miz wraps up, LNA is probably going to feud with Grayson Waller. Like that's probably right, what yeah, we're going to see. Sense. Because Roman Reigns is not really available and Rey Mysterio is a baby face as the United States champion. So. He's probably going to feud with Grayson Waller, which is great for both guys. But I do love LA Knight, and I want to make sure we know that. Okay. So since you're agreeing with me on everything, and I don't know that you're going to disagree with this one, but it's definitely going to get you going. This is my my only non-WWE take of the program. (sighs) CM Punk was right about AEW, and AEW was right to fire him. God damn it. I told you I was going to disagree with stuff. Like, <laughs> I don't know that you're just too smart now, Patrick Goodell. Like, like these aren't. Well, cause, cause with. here's the thing is, yeah. I, the reason, the reason I can't stand Phil Brooks is because the fucker is, is toxic and a shithead to every company he works for. Even when he's being this, you know, when he's, running down the company that he works for you know publicly like yes it just the guy here's the thing is i don't understand yeah i I, yes like the AEW is absolutely right to fire the guy like oh yeah he was like the guy the guy was the guy is the problem that yes. is the problem, and that's the thing that I, I find that that AEW being run by a bunch of people who don't know how to run a wrestling company to that level at that level, that's what they don't get. Like they they tolerated his bullshit, and and that's what I think is hilarious. Is even though he wasn't saying about himself, like the way CM Punk or you know or you know, slash Phil would like to describe how things were being run or disrupting press conferences to talk about all the talk, all the shit about the company and how terrible it's being, it's being run. Is it wrong? Uh, and, and the reason 
he was able to do that for so long is because of the shit he was talking about all left and right. They were so desperate to keep him because Tony was a fangirl for him and wanted it to work so desperately that he told himself that this was going to work out that we were going to be able to make this happen, that there was going to be a relationship that could come to be that, that we, you know, if we got to split people up, we'll split people up. We're going to make it work. And that was ludicrous because Phil was going to find somebody new to (laughs) fuck around with inner jungle boy. Sorry, Jack Perry. (laughs) And here we are. He probably ruined jungle boy's career. Right. He really like, probably did. But it was it was just one of those things. It's like, what what did you think was gonna happen? Like this guy's track record shows that 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 this is what was gonna happen. And so, he knows, yeah, he knows and where he, he, he works. Or he knew where he worked and he knew what he was doing when he came. Here's the thing that people forget about or refuse to accept or whatever. This is the most costly thing that Tony Khan has ever done to AEW was bringing in CM Punk. It is because not only did he cost them whatever $3 million a year or whatever, no one wants to admit it. No one wants to believe it. CM Punk is the reason Tony Khan bought ring of honor. Like, like look at the timeline. Look when all these things happen. Like he is the reason they bought ring of honor. He did not want Vince McMahon to own ring of honor. He didn't want Vince McMahon to own the library. Cause remember this all went down before Vince was, was out. Tony Khan buys Ring of Honor so then he could turn around and get CM Punk. Like, that's literally what happened. And Punk almost went to WWE when he ended up going to AEW. Like, like he was, they just, Tony Khan just kept upping his offer and upping his offer. A popular narrative online right now is to say that when a company has a guy like Jim Ross, that's who should be in charge of talent relations. Is it Jim Ross or somebody like that? Now, Removing Ross's own personal circumstances out of the question, he probably doesn't even want the job. Okay, because right. most people who have talent have the job talent relations don't want it once they have it because it sucks. It's the worst it's job terrible. in the company. Um, it doesn't matter who's in charge of talent relations AEW as long as the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are executives, right? And Tony Khan is is the president. Like it's it's there's four children at the helm, as as CM Punk would tell you, and he was right about that. They are children. I will forever laugh. I'm sorry. And this is bad and I shouldn't do this. And it's almost borderline bullying and I will own it. I will forever laugh at Tony Khan saying his life was in danger at all in when CM Punk was, was fighting backstage and monitors were falling everywhere. Like, yeah, that's, that's, uh, you sound like a, a, a a spoiled crybaby, which is what he is. He didn't make any of this money on his own. He didn't become yeah. independently wealthy. His dad's a billionaire. Like no, no, it's, no. it's 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 David Meltzer says that AEW is worth all this money. It's you know Dave Meltzer's quoting valuable. Forbes. First of all, it's the Forbes right. guy who said they're valued at two billion dollars. And as no, I've no, said no, on no. Twitter more no, than no, once, no, no, Dave said it second. So Dave is right because he said it second, which makes it more right than the guy who said it first. Right, because Dave said it. Sorry, I just no. Had Dave, to Dave would want that to be true. First of For all, the sake of Dave, here's the thing yeah, about AEW being valued at two billion dollars. I seem to be the one person who's most willing to believe that valuation, and here's right. why: 
WWE just sold for $9.3 billion. So if AEW is worth $2 billion, I am willing to believe that AEW is worth 21% the value of WWE. Right. I saw you, you tweeted about this or something. Yeah, or a couple you wrote times. it in a TM thread or something like that. Probably I, multiple I remember places because I've done the math. Like, just on pay, like, because everyone's like, I don't, I refuse to believe that they're worth $2 billion. And I'm like, that's 21% of the evaluation of WWE. They have primetime television landscape. Like, right. they have names that people know of. They, they have, they have a good amount of pay per view revenue because they still follow the traditional pay per view model. Like, there are things there that are worthwhile if somebody wanted to come in and buy it. Now you're truly only worth the amount of money that somebody is willing to come in and pay you. And we have not heard any rumors of somebody offering any money to buy AEW. And I don't know why you would, especially right now with, with the merger and the acquisition of WWE. Now is not the time to try to buy a wrestling company. It just isn't. It just isn't at all. So, um, all right, enough talking about CM Punk. I'm going to go back. I got two more. And we'll go ahead and do, we'll, we'll do both of them. The WWE Women's Tag Team Championship is simply a prop. We talked about this earlier. Giving women a storyline who otherwise wouldn't have one. But here's the actual part of my take, because what I just said is factual. That's perfectly okay. All right, repeat that. Say that again. The WWE Women's Tag Team Championship is simply a prop giving women a storyline who otherwise wouldn't have one and probably wouldn't even be on television. And that's okay. Yeah. Again, I, would we be watching Piper Niven right now? Probably so, not. We'd be complaining. We'd be complaining about the fact that we're not watching Piper Niven instead of complaining about the fact that Piper Niven's in a thrown together tag. That, right. that, that phrase is one of my most hated phrases. Now that thrown together is the new buried for me. well, Every tag team was thrown together at some point. Right. But I mean, we've been talking about thrown together tag teams since I talked about your circle, you know, yeah. the circle of tag team titles in the WWE. Cause though I would always call it quote, super teams, right? Cause they were always super teams thrown together is when they're like mid carters. I will say this, um, in the world of the thrown together moniker, the, the, uh, Women's W the WWE women's tag team champions are literally the definition of thrown together. Oh yeah, especially the current champions. Like because because of circumstances. When Sonya Deville got injured and Piper Niven showed up and said, I'm your partner and grabbed the other title off your off her shoulder. And they just went with it. So And that's great. Piper Niven taking what she wants. Yeah, like this is and this is this kind of goes to again. I don't understand what people want other than to bitch and neither do they about what yes. they get. That, because, that's exactly, you're exactly right. Because, that's what people want. Is and, you, and, and again, it's, it's the, it's like the age old meme. We want this. Well, not like that mm-hmm. or not like that or not like that. So we want, like I saw somebody the other day and this comes with the Nia Jax thing. Nia Jax is back. There's this person, this person, this person, this person who could all challenge Rhea Ripley that were here, but we brought back Nia Jax. And, and there's some truth to that. There is. And yet at the same time, every single women's competitor that he named, because he didn't name, they, the, the person didn't name Charlotte, the person didn't name Oscar. No, he probably named Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell yep. and Tegan yep. Knox and all the other women who yes. were just chilling doing nothing. All of those women who are chilling and doing nothing. And it sucks that they're chilling and doing nothing. 
And yes, I want them to have storylines too. You're telling me any one of those women could walk in and make any sort of statement against Rhea Ripley as a contender to her title? Like, and it'd be a good story. When they're just going to lose. Off the bat. Right. When they're just going to lose. Gonna and lose. then you're going to be pissed that they lost. Because here's the other thing is, okay, so Candace, so Candace LeRae challenges Rhea Ripley for the WWE World title, women, Women's Championship. And let's say we do a, what, say a three pay-per-view, or sorry, three premium live event run somehow, some way. When that run ends and Rhea Ripley is still champ, what happens with Candice LeRae? What happens is the internet complains that no one no one is benefiting from Rhea Ripley's title run, just like they say about Roman Reigns. Because, and, and so here's the thing, to take this a step further, which, by the way, nobody's benefiting from Roman Reigns' title reign is the most ludicrous statement. They've just, they <laughs> don't like who is benefiting from that. So whatever. You you hate the Usos. That's what I just heard there, if you say that. No, but then period. they go back and they say, well, okay, no one outside the bloodline has benefited. As if Sammy Cody Zane Rhodes hasn't benefited. Hi. Fuck off. Anyway, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens say hi. And the only reason that they're not a more prominent thing right now is because Kevin Owens is literally being held together by rubber bands and duct tape. I think so, so yeah. like, let even it though go. he was the one on Raw this week where Sami Zayn wasn't, right? Like, you're you're just you're wrong, Internet, about Roman Reigns' title reign. You just have never liked the guy forever, like, right? Forever, you've hated the guy. He's your John Cena, and when he retires and then comes back, you're all gonna be like, Roman Reigns is back. But anyway. Back to Rhea Ripley and and Nia Jax. Let's let's take your thread, your Candice LeRae thread. When Nia Jax inevitably loses her her two to three premium live event run because maybe she has a tag match in there where she you know she gets a win. Well, she'll feud with Raquel Rodriguez too. So right, so like there'll be some other in betweens to kind of take it out longer. When that's all said and done, and nobody gives a shit about what happens next with Nia Jax, are you happy about that? Or are you angry about poor Nia Jackson not getting a shot? Oh, they're, they they don't care. She'll be out of sight, out of mind because it's not who they wanted. Right. Playlist. It has nothing to do. Oh yeah, it's a playlist. It's always a playlist. That's what it is. And and that's a, and that's what somebody who I actually respect when Nia Jax came back posted a, a meme of Kevin Owens and it was just like we didn't want this. Nobody wanted this. And I'm just like I hate when Twitter does that when the internet says no one wanted this. There has never been a thing in the history right. of time that everybody wanted, and there has never been a thing in the history of time that nobody wanted. Right. There are always there are some amazing things that some people didn't want, and there are some terrible things that some people did want. It's just saying this: no one wanted this, or everybody wants this. Is just like you just want to feel like you're including yourself in a group so that you can be right. It's all about wanting to be right. Yeah. And and yeah, again, I, I, it goes back seven years now. It's not good enough just to have your own opinion. The world has to agree with you. Right. So that's the world that we live in. Um, And the whole reason this topic even came up was because of the thrown together tag team of Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark, who was thrown together on Raw this week after Baszler beat Stark last week. But Stark earned her respect because they, she put up a good fight and, and all of that. And now suddenly they're a tag team. And I get it. And the person's claim was, this sucks when you have an entire developmental system 
to 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 build women's tag teams. Okay. So when, when I look at things, when I look at the landscape right now, and if I want to complain about the landscape and I want to make suggestions, I don't hop in a time machine to go back six months and say they should have developed tag teams. I look at what right. can we do today to fix this situation. Now they do have Caden Carter and Katana Chance sitting around on Raw, and they do have Isla Dawn and Alba Fire sitting around on SmackDown. Two established women's tag teams that are doing nothing right now. But you got to build them. So I, I'm fine with what they're doing with the women's tag team title right now. What I want them to do separate from that is find a way to build these other teams four, six months from now when right. you can actually need them. Um, to bring up yeah. Isla Dawn and Alba Fire just to have them lose the titles to, to Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey to me made no sense. But it's where they're at. I guess my other question is, when has, in the last, we'll say, 15 years, the WWE been overly concerned about tag team wrestling on any level, save maybe the Usos? Did not hear a word of what you just said there. I wasn't talking to you. Oh, that's why. (laughs) Because you were talking. I was asking you a question. That's why you have like, to repeat your question. What is the level of priority in the WWE about a coherent, cohesive tag team champion of any sort? Even and I, I'm even putting the Usos out there. Right. Um. Over the past 15 years, it's fluctuated. It's a higher priority now than it has ever been in the last 15 years, in my opinion. Right. Um. If you were to separate, and we're, still, and, we're, and we're still not where we were when we had Edge, the Hardys, and the Dudleys, no. which is what you all, you know, you fucking tag team wanks. Or even if you about, want to talk want about that. the British Bulldogs and the Heart Foundation and the Brainbusters and Strike Force right. and Demolition and the Powers Nasty of Pain Warriors. and the Road Warriors and Steiner Brothers yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but you got to remember, at the end of the day, the marquee match is always a one-on-one match. And Period. that is what pro wrestling is built on. And that's what, and, and if you look at other sports, right, there's no UFC tag team championship. There's no boxing tag team championship. All right. In tennis, there's doubles and nobody cares. And no one criticizes the USTA for not properly promoting doubles tennis. Right. They just don't. In fact, we should be glad that we get the level of tag team wrestling we get if you want to compare it to the sports world. Because in any sport where there's an individual and a double, the individual always gets more attention. Because at the end of the day, that's what it was about. It's built on gladiators in the Roman Coliseum. It's when when wrestling was the carny sideshow that that you know challenged somebody from the crowd. There wasn't two people on stage challenging two people from the crowd. It was one on one. It's always been one on one. People didn't wrestle two bears. They wrestled one bear. It was terrible Ted. It wasn't terrible Ted and terrible Ed. I cannot believe you brought up wrestling bear as a main eventer because I was thinking about a wrestling bear as a main eventer (laughs) and be like, I think a bear has main evented a show more often than tag teams have main evented major shows. But it's okay to have an attraction in the world of professional wrestling. That's what tag team wrestling is. And again, Tag teams just main evented WrestleMania. Right. But but let's let's take that out though further too. Like, think about how many how many shows, like how many pay-per-views, 
or whatever you want to call it, memorable pay-per-views are out there that were main evented by tag teams. Not many. Night of of the Skywalkers? For all that was not reasons. main evented by tag teams, and it did. Yeah, it wasn't main evented by ta- tag teams, but they called. They talked it was about main it. Main evented by that was just because of the scaffold match. It was main evented by Rick right. and Nikita Koloff. Um, no, I, I know that, but my so point, I just saw yeah. Nikita Koloff on a poster being promoted as WWE Hall of Famer, which he's not. Should be, but he's not. Um, he's an NWA Hall of Famer, but he's not a WWE That's Hall of true. Famer. And he's in like the National Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame or whatever those other ones right. are. But so 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 far we've got one, and that one just happened at WrestleMania. WrestleMania one, of course, was main evented yeah. by a tag team match. But we, but but but, and that's the epitome of a sideshow attraction match. Right. Out of anything. Some, the first SummerSlam was main evented by a tag team match. I think another SummerSlam was also main evented by a tag team match. But Hogan was involved in these Te- tag team. Technically, match. the first Royal Rumble was. Ha- Yes, it was. <laughs> that included the young stallions. Hell of, yeah, it did. Jimmy Powers. Paul and Rumble Paul Roma. And Jimmy had to fight that match on his own. Didn't they lose two falls to none? Yes, because And Rumble weren't there two, hurt. two out of three falls matches on that show? It was ridiculous. Because the women's was, tag team titles was also defended that way? Yes. I just I just remember the, the reason it went two two straight falls is because Roma got hurt and Jimmy Powers was stuck in the middle. It wasn't the other team, the Orient Express? Uh, I think it was Samoans. Oh, okay. Damn it. You might be right. I'm going to look it up. You look it up. You look it up. Um, Yeah, so sure, there's issues, but here we are. And again, wrestling exists at the end of the day for the one-on-one matchup. Like, that's just what it is and where it needs to be. Um, All right, I got one more. And again, I told you, the first and the last are doozies. And yep. so the last is a doozy as well. And I'm going to wait for you to look up this Royal Rumble thing because I want you to be fully on board for this one because this is going to be as in-depth as the it real was, Ripley. Yeah, it was, it was the Islanders, Haku and Tama. Oh, okay. I didn't go back for Defeated the Young Stallions. Who Tama, of course, did he become Rikishi or no? I don't think he did. Larry Anai Fatu. Wrestled as the Tonga Kid, right, and the Samoan Savage. Okay, so he was not. He was not. He Rikishi. was not. Fatu was Rikishi. I didn't know yes. if he later became Fatu or not. He did not. Okay. Last one. Cody Rhodes is being pushed like John Cena, and the fans will turn on him at some point. Hmm. Well, the fans always turn on people at some point. Not like, Cody I don't know that there's, He's okay. universally loved. Co- Cody is loved. Cody will always be loved. I mean, no. I, I think <laughs> that no is is like. Uh, I'm I'm actually honestly it's it's interesting because I, uh, as you know, I'm I'm a bowler. Yes. And I was at, I was at the bowling alley last night, and somebody had attended the SmackDown in Boston, or it was a SmackDown or Raw in Boston. Where would Cody Rhodes was there? Um, at whatever show they went to. And when Cody made his appearance, the dude was just like blown away in an awe and was so excited about Cody Rhodes. So I know it hasn't happened yet. Right. But eventually if we, if we continue with the trade, it, it does kind of depend on how he's 
booked, I would argue. If if we go LOL, Cody wins, that turn will happen faster than than if it, if they don't. If they kind of really continue to lean into this fighting through the underdog narrative, um, I think what interestingly enough, I think what's helped slow this down, which wouldn't have helped John Cena, has been the the playing up of the uh the royal family you know the wrestling royalty right narrative and story about his family thank goodness we're done really... with that what's that thank goodness we're done with that i was so tired of everything being about dusty not that right. not, not against well, dusty but like just, geez but not not just about the dusty but then like they did the biography thing mm-hmm. like and that's special and i actually think that's helped kind because of, it's humanized him a little bit yeah um, and I think the thing that was really bothersome for people, and we used to joke about it all the time, we people. One of the reasons people hated John Cena, and I think started booing John Cena, is because they they legitimately knew he was better than them, like as a person, <laughs> and 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 that just leads to resentment, and then to have him just push to the moon and, and feel like he never loses. Interesting, because that was <laughs> you remember years ago that was my take about Roman Reigns, right? Which um, led to the whole. Man, guy, boy, dude, discussion. So yeah, right. Because John Cena's a man. Oh, John Cena's a man. He's a goddamn man. Just like Roman Reigns. And 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 some dudes and guys just don't feel feel comfortable with that. And so they they respond with their boos. I think there will be a turning on Cody Rhodes. I think there there's there's been hints at it already here and there, but it hasn't hit full bore yet because he hasn't won the big one yet. Right. And you really think about when the John Cena backlash uh-huh. happened. It was when he was no longer chasing the belt and he was the babyface champ that then they got tired of the babyface champ when it, people don't like babyface champs. I think I, I that I that's really true. Not for a long fans, time. Fans don't like babyface champs. They like babyfaces chasing the champs. And then somehow get like they need that person to get screwed out of their title again for us to keep our faith in them as a as, as a as a baby face we can get by. But once the baby face is champ and champ for a while, we don't care. It's not exciting. It's the it's homicide principle. Like I've always said, homicide chased the Ring of Honor World Championship for a year. And when he finally won it, the story was over. Right. And he lost it a month later. Because there's nothing right. when Daniel Bryan Danielson finally won at WrestleMania 30, him having to vacate that title was the best thing that could have happened because right. he had peaked at that point. Now he came back and he won it later and he had a hell of a run as a heel. He had the hemp title. He had everything like he was, he was the, the tree hugger, Daniel Bryan Danielson. Like it worked out very well. Roman Reigns, the run he's on, it would not be happening if he was a babyface. Like it just wouldn't. I just can't. Right. Uh, but you're right. Like, like the age old story is the baby face chasing something, whether it's title, whether it's something else, the baby face has to fight for something. And when they win it, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, once they won those tag titles, they didn't really do a whole lot afterwards. And they don't need to No, And then they lost them to the judgment day. Just, yep. And, and that works. And now the judgment day has them and has their story. And, and again, a major angle. Involving tag team championships. Here's my thing about have, Cody. Do we have a face champ outside of like Becky Lynch right now? And um, no. I mean, everybody loves EO Sky, but technically she's a heel. Um, yep. Rhea Ripley's a heel. Dominic's a heel. Yep. yep. Oh, Rey Mysterio is the United States champion. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That's it though. That's literally it. Right. And and and, 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 and not counting NXT. Great example. 
you talk about the story being over, Ray winning the title at WrestleMania. Like, right. yeah. What, what, what like, honestly, next? the best example of where I'm wrong was Kofi. Kofi held that title till uh, October when he yeah. won it at WrestleMania. He held the thing for six months. And, and yeah, he got squashed by Brock Lesnar, but that was a factor of the fact that the show was almost over, not because they wanted to squash him. But Kofi, that, that just shows you how damn good he is. In fact, I was thinking about this the other day. I know he, you know, he's constantly hurt and, and everything. So I would love a short Kofi Kingston versus Seth Rollins program for the World Heavyweight Championship. I think it'd be, That'd be great. a great match. I would love to if see Kofi, if Kofi was healthy for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think it'd be fantastic for, for Kofi, for Seth, for everybody. Like, I just think it would be good. Um, just like Shinsuke Nagamura has been great with Seth Rollins. So it's right. all good. Here's the thing about Cody though. Like they are pushing Cody Rhodes down our throats. We just don't care. Right. Right now. We did yep. not need Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio at money in the bank. We talked about that. Like the pay-per-view was one match too long. And that was the one match that, that match served no purpose. We didn't need Cody Rhodes at payback on the Grayson Waller effect to come out for 47 seconds to tell us that Jey Uso is coming to raw. And have Cody take the credit for it. We didn't need that either. Like that, those are the kind of things that start to make me think, man, they are really trying to give Cody credit for everything. Like, like I'm shocked they didn't have Cody Rhodes show up in the New York Stock Exchange and be like, you know who introduced Vince McMahon and Ari Emanuel? I did, me, Cody Rhodes. I actually brought these two together. And and I'm the Conrad Thompson in the Cody Rhodes, Tony Khan situation for, for these guys. And and so not only was I responsible for the beginning of all eight wrestling, I'm also responsible for the merger of the UFC and, and WWE. Like, like that could be the ongoing joke. Like we can start crediting Cody Rhodes with everything in the business. Like all in drew 80, do a reported 81,000 people to Wembley stadium, Cody Rhodes without Cody. Yeah, that doesn't it is true. That's actually hashtag true without Cody. Cody that doesn't have. Yeah. Hashtag Cody did it right. That, that could definitely yep. definitely catch on, but every, like so much being attributed to Cody Rhodes. Like I just feel like they are setting themselves up for that. Now, hopefully they're smart enough to turn him if they have to. He's good enough to turn too. So, Oh yeah. So Cena would have been too. And, uh, yeah, I, I, that but was, he had all the make a wish stuff. Game. He had all the stuff that he didn't want to do. Like he didn't right. want to give up right. and he's still granting wishes. Like that's the crazy thing. Well, the, the thing is, is, and that's, it's funny. Cause that was very similar to, you know, Hogan often got maligned for wanting to protect that, that red and yellow character, that, that persona. Right. And, you know, and, and when he finally did turn heel or whatever, it was it was this huge deal, and that was great for him. Uh, but John Cena did the exact same thing, uh, and, and it was just more important to him. And like Cena said, didn't want them to keep it going. Talk about it. Cena didn't want everyone to know about all the wishes he was granting. Right, no. Like, they had to convince him to do us. it because... He is a better dude than us, everybody. And they had to convince Cena to let it go public because it would help the Make-A-Wish Foundation. That right. the, the, Roman Reigns has granted a ton of wishes. He's, like, in their top ten of wishes granted ever. And we never right. hear about it. Like, it's just... And, and I bet Cody's doing it, too. Like, I right. guarantee you. Oh, the WWE and Make-A-Wish, like, their... Oh, yeah, it's their number one. Relationship thing. is just huge. It's because the WWE is terrible. Um... Yeah, it, it's true. But AEW had like, I don't know, headphones for fans that needed headphones. So they're better. That and I'm not saying though. that that's a bad thing. <laughs> not at all, but no, it doesn't just, compare to the WWE's relationship with Make-A-Wish uh, in, in any way, shape or form. 
Um, so I have a sub point about the Cody Rhodes point. Okay. Whether or not you believe the rumor that Cody is going to get moved to SmackDown because Adam Pierce did make an offhand comment that because of Jay coming to Raw, they eventually have to send somebody to SmackDown. And if Cody Rhodes does go to SmackDown, my WrestleMania 41 prediction and my Roman Reigns break in the 1474 days thing might be dead. Um, I'm still sticking with it, though, because, you know, I have to. Even if that doesn't happen. So whether Cody goes to SmackDown, if he goes to SmackDown, it needs to happen before he goes to SmackDown. If he doesn't, it still needs to happen. I think at some point between now and the end of the year, Cody Rhodes, he's a put over Gunther. That would be good. That's what I want to see. That'd be really good. It wouldn't hurt. Say say Cody puts over Gunther and then disappears for a month. Comes back. Heroes welcome. Ain't nobody going to be like, but he lost to Gunther. No. First of all, Roman Reigns could lose to Gunther right now and it would not be a knock against Roman Reigns. Like Gunther could beat Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, and Big Van Vader all in their primes in a three-on-one handicap match, and it wouldn't hurt those guys losing to Gunther. Like, that's how he's been built and protected. Um, And all of Imperium is better for it. And if they eventually add Ilya Dragunov to the mix, I would love it. But that's a whole different conversation. But I do think, and that would go a long way to that, because Cody just can do no wrong, right? Cody has not lost, like, lost clean at all, ever, in WWE. Um, you know, it's been hero's moment after hero's moment. It's been super Cena. It's been super Cody for Cody out there. I I'm sure at some point during this eight week run of John Cena, we'll get a John Cena, Cody Rhodes tag team match. They'll probably win tag team titles at some point. If we had, if we had two sets of tag titles, they'd probably win one of them and then have to lose. Right. But I, I just think it would be great for Gunther. I think it'd be great for Cody. I think it'd be great for everybody. So I do believe that Cody Rhodes needs to put over Gunther. Remember, Gunther is who Cody eliminated to win the Royal Rumble. And Gunther entered at number one. Yep. Didn't hurt and Gunther one bit. Awesome. Anyway. Um, I do think that Cody putting over Gunther and putting him over clean and giving him the rub, giving him the handshake, giving him the that guy's it, you know, making some comments afterward about how great Gunther is, whatever, like Cody would do, and it would fit his character. And then he'd move on and it'd be fine. But it would help Gunther even more. Not that Gunther needs the help. But just because you don't need it doesn't mean you can't benefit from it. And I do think that he would benefit from it huge. And I think everybody would benefit. And imagine that. Do it on TV too. Or do it on paper. But if you did it on TV and you built like a month, you just built up this Cody versus Gunther showdown. And then you'd have the internet all worrying. Oh my God, they're going to make Cody win the Intercontinental title. What are they doing? Like he's supposed to go beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40. They're screwing up, blah, blah, blah. And then Cody beats, and then Roman, or geez, I can't talk. Gunther beats Cody clean. The internet would explode in a good way. Like, and, and that would just further solidify. We know Cody's the guy. We know Gunther's the guy, but right. that would put Gunther on that level of like the top yeah, level of the company an, that elevation. he's probably already at, but it would literally cement it in everybody's eyes, yeah. even the eyes that don't really matter. Yeah. I, I can't find fault in that argument because who, who else? Yeah, I guess that was the other guy. Who else would be a person who could kind of quote unquote make Gunther to that level? I mean, Seth Rollins, John Cena. Yeah. Seth Rollins. Yes. But I don't, I'm assuming that Rollins holds the title. So that, right, right. that would I'm just trying it. to think of name, current active names in the company who would quote unquote make Gunther 
that I think a lot of people think that Chad Gable's going to get another title shot and beat Gunther. Um, God, I, I hope not. I know. I would love to see Gunther and John Cena. I really would. Now that you've brought yeah. it up, I might want to see that more than Gunther and Cody. But because I didn't think about that till you brought up the question and, and I said John Cena. Because um, I hated the fact that that Austin Theory needed a low blow to beat John Cena at WrestleMania. And I know Theory's the heel. And I know he was doing what a heel does. Right. But that was the end of it. There was no comeback. There was no anything after it. Like that was literally the end of Theory versus Cena was him winning with a low blow. And that's not how you end a feud, in my opinion. That's how you continue it so the babyface can win. I don't think Gunther's beating John Cena with a low blow. <laughs> so no. I just don't. But I would love to see that too. Um, think about what that would do for the Intercontinental title. If John Cena oh, yeah. challenges, if Cody Rhodes challenges, and Gunther keeps retaining against all these people, like he, it would just, God, it would just continue to further elevate both him and that championship and all of Imperium into the stratosphere. Like, absolutely. It would be good. But, uh, you know, the WWE doesn't elevate anybody, so. No, they're horrible. They don't They don't create new stars, as if we just they talked about Gunther three different times today. Bunch of idiots. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com All right, Patrick O'Dowd. Talk about what you want to talk about. You can talk about the internet, the fans. You can talk about Impact Wrestling. Whatever it is you want to bring up, let's talk about it. I'm actually going to throw you a different curveball. What? You spent all this time advocating for Impact off the air, and now you've got a different curveball. I do want to, adv- I do want to advocate for Impact because I do think that the little engine that could that has been Impact Wrestling to get to a two-part 1,000th episode. So the first half of their what they're calling their 1,000th show will be this Thursday, and then the following Thursday is part two. So it's two halves, so basically four hours of, of Impact 1,000. But there's another guy out there that I really uh, – it's been making my heart smile to see how much love he's been getting lately, even though he's on a show that I don't really watch much, uh, as in at all, over on AEW. I don't know if you've noticed, Greg, but our boy Nana has been getting – all sorts of love and has really been something of particular note in AEW programming with his current work. And dude, I just remember watching that guy with you on tape trades, sorry, DVD trades. Cause we, we were, we were, we were old enough to, to escape tape trades at ROH shows. Honestly, I don't know the guy any more than his character and what he's done and who he's portrayed. But I honestly can't I can't think of of somebody I'd rather see this get this kind of like surge in popularity and love to the point that Jerry Lynn 39 seconds ago just posted himself in Nana's robe, but you know in response to a post from Swerve Strickland, 
with him and Nana standing together. Like he's in Swerve's robe. Uh, it's just, oh, I, w- whether it's that the Sir, Swerve Strickland, Prince Nana marriage on television has just worked so well or what, I'm just so happy for the dude to, to see that. Cause that guy brought me a great amount of joy in ring of honor. And I know he brought you a great amount oh my of God, joy yes. too. I so, can't even do sorry, it justice. I can't even do it justice other than saying, what do you know about shrimp cocktail anyway? Like I can't do it in non a right. voice cause I wouldn't do it justice. But the fact that he even made that comment, what do you know about shrimp cocktail anyway? Just shows you how he's the kind of personality that can take, turn anything into gold. So is swerve Strickland. Like, right. let's be honest here. Uh, he, he was hit row is garbage. Hit row is absolute 100% garbage in WWE. Swerve comes back tomorrow. They're a money act once again. Like he was just the backbone. He was the whole reason that group even existed. He even made he, the best thing that Keith Lee has ever done in all elite wrestling was when he teamed with Swerve Strickland. They Keith Lee is so bad. They're not even bothering to blow that feud off. They've literally just erased it from memory completely. Like Keith Lee should have been happy to be Bearcat. And he said, poor, poor Walter when, when he was getting his name changed to Gunther. So, yeah, think about that. But Swerve is amazing. Nana is so good. So is Malcolm Bivens, or the, he's back to his his other name now that I can't seem to remember. Stokely Hathaway. Um, I love Stokely Hathaway because he follows me on Twitter, and we actually DM on occasion. But on occasion, I mean like maybe three or four times a year. Not talking about like monthly here. Right. But he he he's awesome, and and his promo where he translated for Roderick Strong is one of the greatest things ever. Um. But but he's just done so much good work. And I love the fact that both those guys are getting the spotlight and getting the credit they deserve. There's a lot of great talent in AEW getting spotlight and credit they deserve, despite the poor management of the company. So, um, And I'm not here wishing the death of AEW on anything because these people are making good money to do this and, and, and to do what they're doing. So I'm all for it. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you 100% on Nana and on Impact Wrestling. You know, I... One point covered Impact Wrestling for 411 Mania, and and we've seen them do a lot of bad things. Impact Wrestling was the, the undercard was usually amazing, and then the main event scene usually sucked. Like that's that that was what right. TNA was for a long time. Even now, like Trinity just put Eddie Edwards through a table on on their their pay per view last Friday night. Like that's that they're, they're still they put dixie carter through a table once they've done some really good broken matt hardy was born there like it they, they've right, done right, yeah, a yeah, lot absolutely. of amazing things um kenny omega's time as the impact wrestling world champion notwithstanding um i mean josh alexander like friend of the program retired at one point was gone for five years because career was supposed to be over came back to become you know an amazing champion in impact wrestling steve mackle like all these people have had careers thanks to impact wrestling that they Diana Parazzo, whose deal is up at the end of the year, like I hope that means she comes back to WWE finally because she belongs right. there. And and she proved that in Impact Wrestling by being the longest reigning knockouts champion and, and everything she did. So so much good. So much good stuff. Yeah. There. If it if it were not for if it were not for Impact Wrestling, I don't know who AJ Styles is. The world probably doesn't because he turned down right. a lot of things early right. in his career. He would have made it regardless. Styles like is. Uh, that you know between the, between uh, Impact and ROH, that's yeah. where I really fell in love with Christopher Daniels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of my all time favorite Again, wrestlers. Everybody on the planet loves Christopher Daniels except CM Punk. So 
you know, because he wasn't allowed to be around when CM Punk was there. Another another strike against so old, weird. Old CM but Punk. um, and, and it's just it's amazing to me because you think about how many times, we, like it just didn't die. Like you yeah. thought it was gonna die. They lost TV just, at one point and were dark and still putting right. on events. I think they were streaming somewhere. Like and they still made it. Right. Yeah, they were. I remember. God, I remember finding him. I still remember the first time I saw an impact show back in the six sided ring days on a random Fox sports. Uh-huh. They run FS one. Yeah. They run FS one for a while. Right. No, it wasn't even like FS one. It was like Fox sports, new England. Oh or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Like one of the local affiliates. And I'm like, that's where they went like, after what? their weekly pay-per-view era ended. Right. And I, and I remember it was like, is that Kevin Nash is, <laughs> Is working this, and why is there a clock ticking uh-huh. down? They did the clock. And there's three people watching the match. <laughs> they had a table around with the crowd because they had judges for the matches too. If they went to a draw, they like, tried to portray it as a sport, which every like, wrestling company at some point tries to portray it as a sport and it never works. Right, and so it was just it was it was interesting because it was it was unique enough, and then I couldn't find it again. For a while, and I and I remember I probably brought it up to you. I'm sure I did, probably uh, when I saw it because you were by then. I think you were in back out in Arizona, probably. Uh, maybe I. I just I had to, yeah, because I mean they were born in 2002, and I moved back out here in 2006. So yeah, right. So like, however, I randomly like however that all came to be. It was just it was really fascinating to me that. There's so many ways that this company should have failed and should have disappeared and never yep, did. Yep, and never did. And for, and for as much as we make fun of her, part of that is because of the will of Dixie Carter, uh, bless her heart, uh, and her parents. But yep. – Mostly her parents. But <laughs> – Despite the fact uh, that her parents were the reason that any talent who went to their Hall of Fame ceremony got charged for their meal. Yes, it so was good. outstanding. It was taken out of their check. And Dixie's thing was like, well, they, they, they ate the food. They have to pay for it. Right. <laughs> and Bruce Pritchard was just – so I think Bruce Pritchard refused his meal and then bought food afterwards. And this right. was the well, Hall of Fame thing they did here in Phoenix. Like, right. That's and the then, best part of it. You know, but the, and, and that was the thing is, you know, to go from that to ending up on Spike to everything in between remember they were on Good destination on america and then ring of honor was on destination america for a few months right. like right after them yeah. i mean and i and, had destination america like i was so excited and yeah now they're back on um they're on access yes and uh it's a solid show it's a solid show to watch it deserves uh, a bigger fan base than it has to be perfectly honest with um you. it's a show that because of because of where it is Honestly, I think it's why, you, you know, you, you talked about Matt Hardy and the delete thing, but fucking Rosemary went into another dimension and, and came out back as Courtney as, Rush, uh, yeah. as Courtney Rush. Like, this is the sort of shit you get on, on impact that you, one, you couldn't do on the, like the WWE. I, may, I don't know if the WWE would ever do it. Then again, who's, who knew they would do Firefly Firehouse? Right. Um, but they fought the Matt Hardy delete character so hard, even though they could have leaned into it and done a lot of it good eventually work. did it and it didn't work, but, yeah. but, it, but they did, they, they did it too late and they didn't uh, fully lean into, he wasn't even a broken Matt. He was like, 
woken and yeah it just didn't work yeah it was just dumb but impact has has you know people I, i'm gonna i'm gonna quote people i don't like talk about wrestling freedom um <laughs> but i do believe that impact there is a level of freedom there is because there's no pressure to really like there's no pressure to, to be anything more than what it is and that's kind of the beautiful thing about where impact is now i love it um i love watching it i still i still record it it is still it's still on my dvr uh right there with my new japan pro wrestling episodes it's funny you talk about the wrestling freedom thing i need to go listen to it because it's been quoted far too many times and every quote that's come out of it has been great the cody Rhodes interview that was done by dale earnhardt jr i need to go find this and, and hear this because cody said a lot of great things but um and one of the things he brought up was how he was hurt by creator freedom in the sense that he was allowed to do some really stupid things because of creative freedom and, and i forgot that he even had it but he had a giant bear with him in ring of honor that would come out a guy in a bear suit. And it was Bernard, the business bear. And Cody was like, we didn't have a reason for Bernard. He just showed up one week. He's like, I'm doing signings in ring of honor. There's this huge line. And I have a bear costume, a guy in a bear costume behind me for no reason whatsoever. He was like, that was creative freedom. That went too far. I should not have been allowed to do that. Like he basically said that he was like, and he's like, you know, I need people like we have in WWE who've done this before and know what works to help advise me. Like he, he admits all those things. And and it's just it's just a great lesson and, and something that, that that's great to hear. Got one more thing. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes and you better make it good. We got three minutes and we're out of here. The clock is ticking and we're in the clear. We got three minutes and we're out of here. We got three minutes and we're out. Something that's flown under the radar this week that I saw. I think I saw it over the weekend. I know I saw it over the weekend. Um, and maybe it's been reported on and I just don't pay close enough attention to wrestling news anymore. Who knows? But everybody knows, obviously we weren't, we didn't have shows at that time, but we had the passing in Terry Funk. We had the passing of Bray Wyatt, all of that. Mike Rotunda, Bray Wyatt's father put out a tweet the other day, totally out of left field, did not see this coming. Recognizing the rock who has literally since the passing of Bray Wyatt provided food for their entire family, every single household in their family for the past like two weeks now prepared meals and completely stocked refrigerators for all of the households, not asked to do so, not probably not even necessary. The family's done very well for themselves, but it's just what he has done to support that family. No one would have known if Mike Rotunda didn't say anything like I don't even have a reason to share it other than I think it's amazing and want to share right. it. Like, I just think it's really cool. Um, sure. Someone could probably, well, think about all the people he could help that really need it. It's not what this is about. The fact that he did that, I think is amazing. And, and I love to see it. Yeah. That's an, yeah. I remember seeing that story and, and it is, it's just, I saw the tweet. I didn't see anything else. I'm sure there were though. Right. Like that's phenomenal. Like this is phenomenal. So again, sometimes you resent people because they're a little bit better than you. And I'm not saying the rock is by any means perfect, but would you have done? We'd that? all like to think if we had the rocks money, we would do that. And not all of us would. Oh, absolutely. That's for sure. Yeah. So, and that is going to do it for this week's edition of the great DeMarco show. So we appreciate you listening, being a part of the fun. Um, it's been a blast. Talk about wrestling takes 
to get caught up in, in, in our way of getting caught up the best way possible. And hopefully you've enjoyed it as well. Because if you didn't, well, we still appreciate you listening. Because now we're done. So go follow Patrick O'Dowd at Wrestling Realist, W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Me at Greg DeMarco 44 for the Greg DeMarco Show, for Patrick O'Dowd, for everybody here at ShareShot.com. We will talk to you next time. Awesome! I came to... Okay. There's a price to pay. Time for you to get down on your knees. I came to... Okay. Okay. Get my juice.